The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't build it, labor in vain, without your spirit, we stand with no strength. I know my time is passing away. But the works of your hands are what will remain. Let the favor of the Lord rest upon us. Oh Lord, establish the work of our hands. Just to number the length of our days Pour out your power, oh, pour out your praise Teach us to run, to finish the race Only what's done Love will remain Let the favor of the Lord Rest upon us Oh Lord Establish the work of our
Hello, Ecclesia. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I loved getting to celebrate with some of y'all in person for Mother's Day and pass out roses and share sparkling water, Waterloo with y'all. It was just a beautiful day to celebrate all of those who mother. Um, I'd like to invite us to breathe deeply this morning. Um, so I invite you to take just a deep breath with me. Thank you, that always um, centers me and I hope it centered you today. Would you join me as we pray in opening this morning? God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, we know your presence is already with us today. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning as we listen um, to your word. Fill us with your presence and your peace and your love. In your name we pray, amen. In you we find more than enough 
and stillness wait for you O Lord our souls and stillness wait truly our hope is in you truly our hope is in you truly our hope is in
Join me now as we continue our worship through offering. You can say this offering prayer along with me. Our risen Lord, all that we have is yours. Our presence and offering to your glory. Our talents, the humble bricks of your kingdom. Our very best laying before you in gratitude. We submit this offering to the honor of your great mission. Work within us, around us, and through us. Bind us together in your redeeming work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, Ecclesia. I'm Wayne Brown, campus pastor over at Ecclesia on the west side, and it's my honor to get to give you some updates and some invitations to some sacred ways for us to connect with each other and with God in this season. And first, I want to invite you to gather with us either at our downtown or west side campus next Sunday indoors at 9 or 11 a.m. I think it's clear we're all craving some in-person connection and in-person experiences after a really difficult season. And we can't welcome you to, we can't wait to welcome you into our space. I wanna name that your safety is a high priority for us. And in order to ensure safety for everyone who may be coming, we're making some adjustments to our protocols indoors. We'll provide chairs that are safely distanced. Our building will be at a limited capacity and masks are required to be worn at all times while on our campus. In addition, we're gonna do some things that we haven't always done. Like we're gonna check in who's here. We're gonna have some temperature checks and some hand sanitizing stations at our welcome station as well. Why we do this, we gather as a community to pause from the pace of the week to reorient to a life of following Jesus. So you can expect to join us in worship through music, through prayer and communion, as well as hear a message from God's word from one of our pastors. In this season, our services are a little bit shorter. They're around 40 to 45 minutes. And currently we're also having our children stay with their families, but we're gonna provide some craft activities, some things for them to do and to engage with while they're there with you. We invite you to register at ecclesiahouston.org or through the Church Center app so that we can know you're coming and we can communicate any changes or adjustments to protocol that you need to be aware of. But Ecclesia, we can't wait to see you in person. Please join us indoors, either 9 and 11. Next, Ecclesia, I want to tell you that we are so excited about Kids Camp that's coming up and we're calling it Waves. We are super excited to be back in person for our Kids Camp this summer. And we wanna let you know that both pre-K, which is ages three through kindergarten, and elementary, which is first through fifth grade. Those camps are gonna be held June 28th through July 1st. That's a Monday through a Thursday. We're doing it at our West Side campus from 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
We're hosting it in the evenings at the west side so we can be safely outdoors and to keep it as cool as possible. We're limiting our capacity significantly so that we can create the safest environment possible for the kids. We will be requiring that all campers, volunteers, and staff wear masks for the duration of camp as well as practice some social distancing indoors. If you want to sign up or help by volunteering, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org slash events to sign up today. Ecclesia, you don't want to miss this. Your kids are going to love it. Can't wait to see you there. And lastly, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your continued generosity as a community, Ecclesia. We get to do so many things because you're such a generous community with your time, your talents, and also your resources. If you'd like to join with us in this mission that we are, are a part of, you can do so several different ways. You can do it by texting your donation amount to the number 84321. You can give through the Church Center app, or you can give online by going to ecclesiahouston.org give. And now, Ecclesia, I just want to invite you into a space as we're about to hear a message from God's Word from our lead pastor, Chris C. So take a moment, take a deep breath, and my prayer for you is that you hear directly from God speaking to you wherever you are, and that you are reminded of His love and His grace for you. Ecclesia, we love you. We can't wait to see you in person. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm so excited to share with you today. I'm excited for a bunch of reasons, but the main one is that if you're watching me online, I want to let you know you don't have to. Um, now, a lot of you love it, and I've loved it. I mean, I've never been to church while I sat in my pajamas and drank my own coffee, right? It's a little different, but I got to tell you, after doing it for a while, I'm pretty excited that this week, we're back in the building at both campuses. If you're watching this at the nine, come join us at the 11. Both at downtown at 1100 Elder and Memorial at 325 Piney Point, we're gonna be gathering indoors with the AC on at nine and 11. We're gonna have some special activities and crafts for our kids, but we're gonna keep them in the room with us for about a month at least. That's what we're up to right now. And it's gonna be fun. I gotta tell you, one of the reasons that you ought to do this, I know you can get the data from the sermon and you can hear the sermon and most of you don't sing along anyway, but when we get in the room, you're gonna to wanna to sing along and you're gonna hear the band play live and it's so great. But the main reason to come is because we're gonna be there. You don't have to just look at me, you get to look at everybody else, right? And connect with everybody else. And at Ecclesia, literally, you never know who's gonna show up. You never do, right? I don't know if you saw this from last week, but you know who showed up? One of our our new Houstonians, you see him there? Yep, Fiddy helped lead worship at Ecclesia. I don't know. Then sometimes he'll be maybe sitting out in the congregation, you never know, right? Or just looking over us, right? Just watching out for us. I'm, I'm just kidding, Ecclesia, but actually he may be there. You don't know. And the reason we come is to connect with each other. And I need that connection, and I know you need that connection. This week, I participated in a luncheon from the Kinder Institute. If you don't know the Kinder Institute, uh, Ruth Turley in our church is a part of the Kinder Institute. She's on faculty at Rice. They do some of the greatest research about really important matters in our city and across the country. And one of the facts that stood out to me that was fascinating was that they asked people specifically, in 2020, how many of you experienced distress, right? 
depression or isolation. And it didn't matter whether you were white, Asian, Latino, or black. More than 50% in every ethnic group said, I experienced distress in 2020. Now my guess is the other half that didn't, they just asked them on a good day, right? Because most of us have been through that. And this is the reason that we wanna be back at church. We wanna be back because there are days, right? That I'm gonna need you and there's days that you're gonna need me. This week I was headed to the hospital and uh, I had to go up there to take some tests. And I've had a couple of rounds of tests. I got a heart condition that I hate to talk about, but it's, it's not fun. And I gotta do these tests and I, I'm on my way there. And I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit of self-pity, right? And a little bit of like, I've been doing these things by myself and it'd be great if somebody was there to, you know, fill out the forms for me. and Be there if you get some bad news, right? And uh, maybe even hold your hand, like, wouldn't that be great? And I got up to the 19th floor and I checked in and I was still feeling pretty sad for myself. And you know what happened to me? I turn and I look and we're in the fourth largest city in the United States, maybe the largest medical center anywhere. And you know who was sitting in the waiting room? My mom, right? And you know who was getting a test done? One of the same tests in the room next to me. I could literally hear his voice while I was laying down on the table, my dad. And I got to, to have the support that I longed for. And it was literally, I mean, what are the chances, right? I mean, the chances are more likely that you'd win the lottery than show up on the same day in the same place, be getting the same test as your dad, right? Your mom would be there. What, what was going on? Like God was winking at me. He was saying, hey, I know you feel alone and I know some things are hard, but I'm with you. And there are weeks, right? that you need to show up at church because you need to connect with somebody. And I promise you, God sent somebody on your row, in the room, that if you'll give it a chance, you're gonna connect. And there are other days, right? Today, I showed up to preach this sermon and I'm walking through our building and, and I see one of our new employees. I don't know her very well. She only speaks Spanish and I've been trying to practice my Spanish. So I always talk to her when I see her. And I asked her again, how you doing? And I asked her, how's your family doing? Su familia está bien? She said, no familia. Su familia, esta salud, you're healthy? No, no, it's, I don't have, she answered, I don't have any family. I said, oh, okay. So what about your friends? Your friends are okay? Your friends are healthy? She said, no, I don't have any friends. And she just began to weep, right? We were just, I thought I was just talking, my, my Spanish is pretty good in the restaurant, right? It's pretty good for asking about the weather and how you doing it. And, um, her head was in my chest before I knew it, right? And there were a lot of tears. And today I got to be the one that um, got to bring comfort rather than need comfort. Now, Ecclesia, I gotta tell you, that's what church is about. It's about that connection. I need it and you need it. And every one of us, my guess is, it's at least 50% the Kinder Institute said has been through real distress in the last year. And I'm going to be back in the room and in the building. And I want to invite you to come back and not stay in your old routine because we need to connect with each other. Why? How do we know that? Well, from the very beginning of God's story in the book of Genesis, it tells us who we are. Now, remember, Genesis is this book that Christians have often been confused about. In fact, a bunch of people are fighting about uh, the fact that they think Genesis is a book about science, right? By the way, it's not. It, it's not at all about science. It's the story of how God created all things and it tells us who we are. But if you get caught up in a literal uh, t- 
teaching or a literal understanding of Genesis, you're going to be super confused. Why? Well, there's a bunch of reasons. But the first one is, in the beginning of Genesis, we get two different accounts for how God made the world. So already, which one is it, right? Which one's literal? In Genesis 1, he speaks all things into existence, right? Literally. He keeps speaking it, speaking it, speaking it. Everything he speaks into existence, he says, that was good. He made the ocean, the sky, the land, right? He made man, right? And over and over again, we hear. And in the first one, he created man and woman together. It's a reminder in Genesis 1 that men and women are equal, right? That, that we're equal. He created them together. In Genesis 2, we get a different account. God's actually the gardener, and he's in the mud and the dirt, and he shapes us, right? Now, that's a pretty beautiful thing. He didn't speak us from a distance in this one. He shaped us, and he's up close to us, right? And in all of that, he shapes man first into existence, and it tells us in Genesis 2, right, that he, he shapes man and he looks and he observes, right? And everything had been good, 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 good. And then verse 18 of chapter 2, he says, it's not good. No bueno. Right? This isn't good. It's not good for man to be alone. Then he says, I'll create a companion, a perfectly suited partner. And then woman is created, right? And it's a beautiful passage. You read into it and it's just literally, Adam goes into song, right? He sees, right, Eve for the first time, woman, first woman, right? And he's like, wow, right? It's like, he just starts to sing, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. We don't know the melody. I wish we could have heard it. He was inspired for sure. And Genesis 2 tells us a different account. You don't have to choose which one. Both are true. Both are telling us the story literally of who we are. And what do I know about who we are? I know from Genesis. And this is what it tells us. It's not good to be alone. And in 2020, in the beginning of 2021, many of us have felt alone. And this is what I want you to know. You're not alone. So what do you do? You come back to church. Let's reconnect. Let's spend time together. I watched a TED talk years ago about depression, isolation, and disconnection. And this is what it said that I'll never forget, that what we all long for is connection. And that depression often is connected to the sense of being disconnected from other people. And it talks specifically about these amazing blue zones. Maybe you've heard about them, right? There's a CNN piece I watched years ago. It's about the places where people are happiest and they live really long. A lot of them are wine regions, by the way, which is fascinating thinking I need to start Ecclesia Napa Valley really soon, right? There, there are these places where um, people, this is what they experience, that people there feel seen, heard, and valued. Wouldn't that be great at Ecclesia if everybody felt seen, heard, and valued? I'd love it. And in those blue zones, that's part of what happened, right? And this is what you need to know. Not only do you need to be connected to other people, and that's one of the great things about coming back inside the building, but we need to feel connected to God. And as we worship and sing, this is what we know from Genesis from the very beginning, that same God that shaped Adam and Eve and made them. What it tells us is he, he walked with them in the garden. He communed with them. They were friends. They talked. In fact, when things went wrong and they violated the rules of the garden and they wanted knowledge to be likened to God and they ran and they hid, you know what God was doing? He was walking in the garden, calling their name. Adam, Eve, where are you? Right? Like I do when my son's dog gets away and I'm walking through the neighborhood, right? Luna, come, come. 
And what we get is a God that created everything that so loves us that he wants to be in relationship with us, that he's literally calling our name. Well, we think that's just one place in scripture that God's described that way. No, no, it's over and over again. In the New Testament, God's described as a father whose child, whose son has rejected him and he's waiting and he loves and he gives and he gives and he celebrates and he moves toward us, right? We get the, the portrait of God as a shepherd who literally has a hundred sheep and one leaves and he pursues, right? This is what we know about God. God wants to be connected to you. So Ecclesia, what does it look like today to reconnect with God and reconnect with people? I think it would be a beautiful thing. It's a big part of my focus right now. I want to help you in this next season to reconnect to God. Now that may mean some weeks you're still going to worship online, either for your health or because of your schedule. Maybe you're like me. And when the world shut down, you didn't even know you wanted to go on a cruise. And all of a sudden you're like, I can't go on a cruise. I want to go on a cruise. (laughs) You mean that's not on the table anymore. (laughs) I can't fly to that place. And you're like, as soon as the flights to Iceland open up, I'm going right. I don't know where that place is for you. My guess is we're going to be out and about over the summer. I hope to be. I hope to be on a beach somewhere at some point, right? There are places I want to go to. And we're going to worship online as we do that because I want us to keep moving in our relationship with God and the teaching that we're going to get to share together and the worship we share together. But when you're in town, this is what I'd love. Let's worship together and truly reconnect with one another. And then part of what I get to do and all of our pastors, we're reimagining what church ought to look like on the other side of this. And you know what? It's not all going to be about the weekend gathering. I have loved hosting these human practice centers. If you haven't signed up yet, humanpractice at ecclesiahouston.org. You can send an email and sign up. And we're asking questions about how do we want to live on the other side of this pandemic? Like, what does that look like? And it's a beautiful thing. And out of that, I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, I want to do dinners like this more often. And I go, I'm a pastor, but I really like hosting dinners. And some of them have said, hey, could we do some where there are other people that might be looking for a companion? Like, not just a companion, like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And so it's not a bad idea. We've never done singles ministry at Ecclesia just because it kind of attracts the creepiest men in town to uh, basically exploit your women. And we've always said that's a bad deal. But a hosted dinner where you might be able to go have a dessert. And that's what we're going to do. I'm starting a new dinner and you can sign up for it now. I'm calling it Quiero Novio. If you want to come You're single and you think, hey, the pandemic's reminded me I want to meet somebody. Quiero novio. You're going to have to fill out an awkward questionnaire with some funny questions. And in it, I'll assign you to a dinner and you'll come join us. This is what I want. I want us to connect. And on the other side of the pandemic, we want to connect with God and with each other. We're made for it, Ecclesia. This is what we know. In John 15, Jesus has just had this communion meal with his disciples, right? He's explained to him, I'm leaving. I'm going to be gone. Now I'm going to go prepare a place for you, but I'm leaving. You're going to be on your own. And in John 15, he says, but you don't need to worry because this is the truth. We're connected and you want to, and you need to stay connected to me. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the keeper of the vineyard. My father examines every branch in me and he cuts away those who do not bear fruit. He leaves those bearing fruit and carefully prunes them so that they will bear more fruit. Already you are clean because you've heard my voice. Abide in me and I will abide in you. He said, stay connected to me. I want to stay connected to you. He says, a branch cannot bear fruit if it's disconnected from the vine. You know this already. You're made for intimacy and connection to God. And if you disconnect, all the power, all the beauty, all the comfort that God has to offer you, it's not there. 
and you won't bear the fruit you're made to bear. He says in verse five, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear great fruit. Without me, he says, you will accomplish nothing. It's pretty clear. If we stay connected to God. Now, there are a lot of ways to stay connected to God. We want to read the scriptures. We want to seek spiritually. But being a part of a church and worshiping together, it's a big part of it. So what does that fruit look like? Well, he tells us in Galatians 5, right? In Galatians 5, it tells us this is what spiritual fruit looks like. So look at your life, and do you see this present? He says, spiritual fruit looks like this. It looks like unconditional love, joy, peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, I don't know about you, but I need all those things, and I can't get them on my own. Very few of us are going, you know what? I am amazing at self-control, right? Anybody here goes, I am so good at loving people, right? I'm so great at patience, right? I'm just, I'm kind of exceptional when it comes to patience, right? If you're patient, it's because God is working in you and you're connected to God because patience doesn't come easy. And Ecclesia, I want to embody gentleness and kindness and love and patience and self-control. And so what do I need to do? Stay connected to God and stay connected to one another. Just a few thoughts on what this connection and connection look like, and then I want to pray for you. Here's the first. If you're disconnected, this is what you need to know. Often you're disconnected because you're distracted by less important things. I hear all the time people say, I, I, I don't know if I can reconnect with church or reconnect with a small group or come to a human practice center because I got a lot going on with work. I got a lot going on here and there. And I got to tell you, if you are spending your time on the things that matter less, than the things of God, you're going to be frustrated. Put those things aside, those other distractions, and reconnect with who God made you to be. Secondly, we often feel disconnected because we have fractured relationships. Relationships that are fractured, a lot of times because of small things. Now, there are some relationships that need to transform and people you need to disconnect from. If, if you've been in relationship with toxic people or abusive people and you say, hey, this is not good for me. Hey, that's not a bad thing to disconnect. But if you've disconnected from people because they don't like to eat at the restaurants you eat at or you don't feel like uh, they've done this or that for you, put it aside. Don't be petty. Don't let petty things divide us or fracture our relationship. And then thirdly, many of us are disconnected because we've purposely chosen isolation. Ecclesia, we live in a culture, this Western individualistic culture that has celebrated the Lone Rangers, right? I can do it by myself. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. Here's the truth. You need other people and I need other people. When I was driving to the hospital, I knew I needed somebody. And God said, hey, you weren't smart enough to ask. And so I'm going to send your mom and she's going to be there and your dad. And it's a gift. Just some thoughts on how to be connected then. If you find yourself disconnected, which many of us do, especially now, what do you do? This is what I want you to do. Grow your family. And I mean, not just your biological family. Genesis does say be fruitful and multiply. That's not bad either. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to other people. Grow your circle of friends. How do you do that? Invite people over, host people, serve people, invite people to go to church with you, right? If you're in that Kiranobio crowd, right? What's a better date? I married somebody on Good Friday and their first date was coming to Ecclesia. It worked out pretty great. You should see their photos. Beautiful, amazing, 
God started them on the right path, right? It's a beautiful thing. Invite, and then do this, just share. Share what you have. Be a person that's generous, and you'll make more friends. Then secondly, don't just grow your family and your friends. Have a few really honest, close friends. Have people that you share everything with. They could ask you any question. You could tell them what's going on. Good days and bad days. We all need it. When you have that, and I have that, and I got people I can go, you have no idea how bad my day's been, right? Or people that sometimes, right? If your life's going really well, people don't like it, right? Because their life's not going so well. When you got really good friends, doesn't matter how hard their day was, they can celebrate with you. And then lastly, choose intimacy with God, right? I love this passage in Revelation 3. We start at the beginning in Genesis. Let's end at the end in Revelation. What does it tell us about Jesus, right? It tells us John had a vision and he's writing about the church and literally he says, this is what's happening, church, is that Jesus has come and he's knocking on your door and he's waiting. He's hoping you're going to answer the door. And he's just knocking and he's waiting. He's not going to beat the door down and he's not going to come in unless you invite him. And what does he want to do in Revelation when you're, he's finally invited in? You remember? He wants to come in and tell you what you did wrong. Does he want to come in and beat you down a little bit? Criticize you? No. He says, I will come in and share a meal with you. Right? Jesus wants to eat with you. He wants to be close to you. And that's a beautiful thing. What, what would that look like for you? We'll do this. Try to spend some time in scripture and inspiration. Try to live out the faith with acts of life and service, right? You're made to do it. And then know this, you've got to spend time with God if you want to be close to God. Like if we were going to be close, we'd spend time together. We'd spend some real time together. And so if you said, hey, you're my best friend, and every time I invite you over for a glass of wine, you go, I got 20 minutes, right? You're like, we can't have a glass of wine in 20 minutes, right? When we eat, right, at these human practice dinners, and we're sharing food and wine, the last one I think went four hours. Why? Because we were connected. We were sharing. And if you want to be close to God, you got to spend time with God. I want, as we emerge into a new normal, whatever that is, I want it to be better than normal. I want us to be deeply connected to God, deeply connected to one another. Ecclesia, will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for a new season, a new season inside with air conditioning, with kids playing around on the floor, a chance to reconnect, to hug and shake hands and be the people you made us to be. And we pray that as we move forward, that you would do an amazing work in our lives. Help us reimagine what it really means to be the church and be connected to one another. And in that place, let none of us experience deep and profound distress. But know that on our hardest days, you're going to send somebody to stand with us. And Lord, we are so grateful for that. We pray that you bless our friends and partners all across the globe. We pray specifically for our brothers and sisters in India, our brothers and sisters in Palestine and in Israel right now that are in the midst of conflict. We pray that you would be with them, that you would bring them comfort and that you would bring peace in those places. We pray all of this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. So Ecclesia, I wanna invite you into a sacred place where we can tangibly remember that we are intimately connected to God and that we're intimately connected to each other. And I can't think of a better way to do that, to invite you to the Lord's table where we remember and proclaim his death and resurrection. So as we come to the table, I want to 
create a space where we can look inwards, where we can investigate what's going on with me. Where do I need to be honest with myself and with God and with others about what's really going on in my life? So that it opens up the path to be intimately connected with Him, with myself, with each other. So would you join me in this practice of confessing and saying this prayer together? I'll read as a celebrant and you can respond as the people. In you, O Lord, we are raised to walk in new life, but still we are prone to wander from your path. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us obedience to walk boldly, following you in faith. Our eyes remain clouded by the things of this world, even as your new creation is breaking through. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us vision for your kingdom. Help us to see you clearly. Our self-interest turns us inward. We are slow to empathy and compassion. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us hearts that break with yours. Make us instruments of your love for all people and all together. Help us to leave these things at the foot of the cross. Help us rise again a forgiven people. Grant us grace for this day that we would place our hope in you once more. Amen. So Ecclesia, we remember today that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his closest followers and they were connected and they shared a meal together. And at one point in the meal, he got up and he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he gave thanks for it and he blessed God. And then he gave it to them all and invited them to eat it. And he said, take this and eat. It's my body broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took a cup of wine and again, he held it. He th gave thanks to God. He blessed God. And then he did something strange. He gave it to them and he said, take this and drink. It's my blood poured out for you. And it's a new covenant. And so Ecclesia, may this, these elements that you have, whatever are with you, may they be a tangible physical, touchable, tasteable reminder for you that you are not alone, that you are intimately connected to God and to others all across this globe who are proclaiming Christ's death and resurrection. This is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.
Now, Ecclesia, it's my privilege to invite you into a very sacred space where we practice what it looks like to speak words of blessing over the youngest people in our lives. And so I want to invite you into a very ancient practice of naming what's good about our kids and in this way encouraging and raising them up. So if you've got kids with you, I want to invite you to pause, to slow down, to get on their level and put your hands on them to look them in the eye and to just say this blessing with me. If you don't have kids with you, it is okay. You can bring this, the pictures of them to, to mind and join me in this. And I'm thinking of my kids who are not with me, Moses and Aiden. But this is from Numbers chapter six. And it says, Moses and Aiden, the eternal one bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The eternal one lift up his countenance to look upon you and give you peace. And in this way, we set his name upon you and he will bless you. Amen. This morning's benediction is drawn from Psalm 23. May these familiar words meet your heart anew. The Eternal is my shepherd and cares for me always. The Eternal provides me rest in rich green fields beside streams of refreshing water. The Eternal soothes my fears and makes me whole again, steering me off worn hard paths to roads where truth and righteousness echo God's name. Even in the unending shadows of death's darkness, I am not overcome by fear because you are with me in these moments of dark. Near with your protection and guidance, I am comforted. You spread out a table before me, provisions in the midst of attack from my enemies. You care for all my needs, anointing my head with soothing, fragrant oil, filling my cup again and again with your grace. Certainly your faithful protection and loving provision will pursue me where I go, always, everywhere. I will always be with the eternal in your house forever. Ecclesia family, ours is a God of restoration, the comforter, the one who provides. Go in the presence of the Holy Spirit to love and be loved. Sisters and brothers, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.